0: it's the face of chicago business podcast introducing you to the stories behind the faces focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none how you guys doing i'm tony arcy and this is the face of chicago business podcast today i'm joined by my friend and chef carlos gaitan carlos thank you for being here
1: hi everyone it's a pleasure to be here thank you tony for the invitation and Looking forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're a very uh, accomplished and well-known chef now. Congratulations on all your success, but uh, originally from Mexico. Yeah, I was
1: born and raised in Mexico, and there's really a really small town that calls Huizuco Guerrero.
0: Huizuco, and that's where, uh, I mean, we'll get to Zucco, but that's where yeah. the name zuco comes from, right? Absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell me about the story about coming to Chicago. How did you end up here?
1: Well, you know, when you grow up, sometimes you think about uh, your future, you know, and sometimes it's... It's not easy, you know, when you live in a really small town. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of scary because you don't see so much future in there, you know? And I guess when you got got big plans, you had to, you know, step out of the box.
0: I can't imagine. So where, where did that come from for you? Where, I mean, where did you get this inspiration, this idea that there was more life outside of your small little town?
1: I think it was more opportunities, you know. Bigger t- uh, cities, I think, is um, where everybody goes, you know, to grow, and and it's, it's just more opportunities, you know, as what I was seeing before.
0: And was cooking always something that you had a passion for that you wanted to do when you came to to the United States? Probably it was in my mind to cook. Okay. Yeah, I didn't
1: know what level, but <laughs> I was
0: thinking to cook. So, know. so more than anything else, you knew you just wanted to leave that little small town. Yes. Yes, that was for sure. <laughs> so tell me, you come to Chicago, what uh how did you get in, involved in cooking?
1: Well, I I got involved in uh in a hotel and I started washing dishes. It was the only opportunity, you know, for me to get in on the business and I just took that, you know, and then from there, you know, I tried to get at the restaurant early so I can learn, you know, to prep meals and things like that. So I was the first one and the last one to leave. So, wow. Yeah,
0: And and one of the things that I remember you had mentioned is your mother was a big uh, inspiration to you when it came to um, the type of cooking or, or the things that, that you are passionate about, right? My mom, she's an amazing cook, still alive. And
1: every time that I go to Witsuko, she surprised me with something different. And she's my biggest inspiration, you know, because with uh, the town that I think it was too small... Is the town that it gets me, you know, all my success, you know, the, all the blessings uh, because I learned so much from the hometown when I was a kid, when I was growing up with my my parents, whatever my mom she's doing, you know, so I bring I bring those flavors to Chicago, and I know it's gonna be a hit,
0: and it's been a hit. I mean, people <laughs> people love your food, people love you yeah. um, French cuisine was also a big part of that Carlos Gaetan brand, right? Yeah, uh
1: probably because I learned French cuisine since I got to the United States all the time it, everything it was involved in French cuisine. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was cooking a lot of French cuisine and to the point that I was running a Bistro Margot and I think it was in 1990 no, 2004. Okay. 2004 I was in charge of the Bistro Margot and out of the blue, we were the best French restaurant in the city for wow.
0: uh, three years, you know? I don't think that's out of the blue. I think you had, <laughs> you had a lot to do with that. You know, you had a lot to do with that. But mm-hmm. after um, Bistro Margot, then you opened up Mexique. After that, I opened Mexique. Tell me about that time and what, what you were thinking, you know, the, the entrepreneur you know, vision and, and just some of the emotions that you must have uh, gone through. You know what? It's funny because
1: um, I want to have my own business, and the only thing that was in my head, I was just asking God, hey, Lord, I just want to have a business that I can help my family, you know, that I can make sure, you know, my kids can go to co- college and I can help them, I can help wife and everything. And that was my mind, you know. I didn't know that I was going to be one of the best Mexican restaurants and Chicago.
0: I mean, not even just one of the best. You were the only Mexican <laughs> chef with a Michelin star anywhere in the world at that point.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it was. It was. Now we have six uh, different chefs there all over you know in the world that they have Michelin star.
0: No, oh, it's and it's very humble of you to say that, but you know it's a, <laughs> it's a truth and you know one of the things that that strikes me is you've always been very humble and and very gracious about everything. Where where did that come from? Where you know you think of chefs and a lot of times you you get a vision in your head about what a chef looks like, right? Or, or the way that the one acts more than anything. And, and you just you're kind of the opposite of that. You're, everyone loves you.
1: Yeah, you know, um, you probably you know if you know God as as the key, you know, God, you know that He can put you up here and He can take you down anytime. <laughs> so. It's not much to be, you know, show up about things, you know. It's about being grateful, the things that you have and things that you don't have as well.
0: Yeah. And and, and how was that, I guess, at that time where, you know, when you start off, obviously, Bistro Margot, your head chef, it's not like you're doing too bad for yourself, but, you know, starting in business is always, there's a risk, right? Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that you had mentioned to me um, just a couple of years ago was that Mexique wasn't doing its best before you got your Michelin star. And it seemed like overnight. Right? Yeah. is the success. You know, God has
1: his own ways to do things, you know. When you, when you think it's, everything is done, you are on the floor. Yeah, you are on the floor probably. And there's someone else right there rescuing you, you know. I prayed to God the day that I was going to close my restaurant, the next day <laughs> I got a phone call. You got a Michelin star. And the next day I got the whole entire restaurant full for... For years, it's not only for days, weeks, or months. It was for years. You know, people start coming in because they they hear about you being the only Mexican chef with the and star. So it was it was
0: a lot. So so take me back then. So literally the day before you receive this call, mm-hmm. you're thinking this is it. We're gonna close.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Monday, Monday night, and uh, Mondays we used to close the restaurant. And I remember the last day of our license, it was going to be on Friday. So I was talking to someone about that, and I told them, that Friday's going to be the last day, open, and just got on my knees and pray. I think um, uh, one of the greatest things that, that a human being can do is just get on your knees and pray from your heart. And many things can happen, you know? And you have to be careful what you ask for. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, take me through that because that's something that I think is—if you don't mind sharing, you know—just not so much, you know, details or whatever. But as an entrepreneur, as someone who puts their faith in God and says, you know, I, this is this is kind of it. I'm sure you went through your your emotions. Not everything was easy, right? And mm. obviously, if you're thinking about closing, things are tough. But what advice do you give to people like in that situation where, you know, they're on the ground, they're 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 defeated. You know, things aren't looking so good, and 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 people get scared, right? But that's something that. You had a lot of faith in, but but how? What advice would you give to people that 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 becomes a little bit tougher for?
1: You know what? Uh, one of the things is not just getting on on your knees and prayed. Having faith is a lot of things. Getting, they has to get involved. You know, you had to get together with some people. You know, they're gonna teach you about faith. You had to listen. You know, the the word of God. You know, you had to learn so many things. And they're gonna prepare you to get that level, you know, and then get to know God. And when you get to get know God, I mean, getting on your needs is one of the one is one of the greatest things that you can do as a human being. Getting your needs is is a lot. It's but, it's
0: powerful. I mean, it's the power of prayer, right? It's successful in
1: your life. <laughs> it's absolutely. quite successful.
0: And, and, and that's the thing, is at that time, to go from... I mean, obviously, a Michelin star is a lot of recognition. You know, you get that title of, at the time, you were the only mm-hmm. you know Mexican-born chef uh, in the world with one. But it wasn't just that, right? <clears throat> you you went on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. It's
1: everything behind, you know, everything when you do with passion. One thing that, that I used to do, you know, I asked God for help, you know, like keep me healthy, and keep me strained, and I do the rest, you know? Yeah. I think I can work really hard for whatever reasons, you know? And after the mission started, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen. you know, being the only one in the world, and everybody was looking for me to do many different things. So yeah, Top Chef it was one of the uh, TV shows that I was <laughs> always dreaming about it. And
0: really? So that, that asking, was the dream?
1: Without asking, they approach me and I say seven times no. No way. Seven times I rejected until my daughter said, Please go. I'll take care of the business. I'll help you to do whatever. I know as you dream that, just go for it.
0: Wow, that I didn't know. Yeah. So seven times they approached you. Yeah. And what was your reason behind not wanting to do it the first uh, six times? <laughs> because I
1: never left Mexico. You know, mm-hmm. I was.
0: Your baby, there. You yeah.
1: know, I was working all the time. And I was scary. you know, what's going to happen? I mean, because I, we filmed for eight weeks. So if what's going to happen if I'm not going to be here for eight weeks, you know?
0: Right, right.
1: It was scary. And then uh decided to go, and I went, and I went really, really well.
0: That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I always remember one of the funny things is uh, the Al Pastor thing that, uh, that we Oh, <laughs> my God, yeah. With Roy Choice. <laughs> That it wasn't uh, authentic, that your your Al Pastor wasn't authentic, right?
1: No, he but, uh, said that he was very particular. That's right. Al Pastor. <laughs> and to be honest, it was funny because when I was preparing the Al Pastor, the challenge was he's Korean. Right, right. He made pop boys and he's like, I want you guys to make a pop boy. It represents who you are. And I was like, how about pop boy? Al Pastor. And then uh, I get into it and I mean, I was probably six weeks already right there. And when I tried it, I was like, whoa, this is the best thing that I haven't tried in about six weeks. <laughs> it was so good, you know? I'm making salsa from my mom and everything. It was it was just delicious. And then when he came to try my food, he's like, what do you got, chef? I was like, well, I got Pat Boy Al Pastor. And he's like, I don't know if you noticed, I'm Korean from LA. And I'm very particular about him. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. If you notice my cactus in my face? I'm Mexican. <laughs> this is what we breathe every day. You know.
0: Yeah. But, but that's the thing about about the the culinary world, right? It's yeah. very subjective. It's very subjective. How do you handle that when, I mean, you handle it with grace. But but when when you know that you're trying to produce something and someone else has an an idea about it, and you say, But this to me is tastes good, right? How how do you exactly. how do you combat how do you overcome that? How do you combat that? How do you you know? Make sure that others get to see the the truth of it versus just someone else's opinion about it.
1: I guess when you try the food on the end of the day is where it pays off everything. I mean, I'm Mexican and right. I cook French cuisine,
0: <laughs> right, right. You know, and and
1: many things is just like I remember. You know, like I cannot go say I'm Mexican and I cook French cuisine for many years uh, to a French a French chef, right, right, know? right, right. So I just don't you know try to make the best that I can. You know, my French onion soup, just try it. Or French guests, you know, sometimes I have a lot of guests that are from France, and it's amazing when they tell you, "Wow, this is the French, the best French onion soup that I have in my life." Wow! And it's like, thank you. So you don't go ahead (laughs) to tell them that was the best. You know already. (laughs) No,
0: that's amazing. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But
1: when people telling you those things, it's like, thank you. That's that's what I, you know, I've, I've. forward
0: that's what, that's what wakes you up in the morning yeah. right? be able to <laughs> do that. that's amazing so when Mexique closed and, and you know you had this this it was Mexican or French infused Mexican food right mm-hmm. would, that, would that be the best way to describe it Yeah, it's modern Mexican with French influence with French influence okay yeah. what, what changed when you went to Zuko what was what was that you know vision for opening up zuko this was really the the, the restaurant that came right after mm-hmm. Mexique right what was the vision for that when, when you opened it?
1: The vision it was just for me to to be honest I was just gonna have a restaurant that I can support my family and help my kids for their careers. That was my vision: have a great food, educate people about you know the new style of uh, Mexican cuisine, and that's it. You know, I never thought I was gonna be a top chef. You know, like the first three months they put me on the list of the twenty best restaurants in the city. Wow. 2011 I was named best uh, Chef in United States. And wow. It was just continuous and continuous, you know, and it still continues until this day.
0: You've had a lot of success, a lot of success. <laughs> and, and So when, when Zuko came around, what, what was different about the cuisine for Zuko? I mean, it, it's not as much of the—I mean, you, you'll always have French influence, right? That's part of—
1: That's part of my blood, probably, you know, yeah, as yeah. my cuisine. Zuko is more comfort food. Mm. Everything, you know, it just reminds me being home. You know, when I'm sitting down with my brothers, my mom, she's always cooking and she's always put platters of food on the middle, and you have to reach for it. You know, you always have to reach and help yourself and eat whatever you want. You know, that's exactly what Zuko is, you know. Uh, recipes that I got from home, recipes that it comes from my heart, they have stories behind, and just amazing food, you know. Amazing,
0: amazing food. If you haven't already <laughs> tried Zuko, you need to. I mean, it's it's the one restaurant I always recommend to people. It's uh, it's incredible, and it's also the experience. I mean, it's different. It's it's it, there's something different about what you're doing. How much of that has come from? Because I know you travel a lot, and you travel a lot to Mexico, and you've been an ambassador, mm-hmm. um, to even to Mexico, the, the country, right? That, that yeah. They're um, they're hiring you to come down there and 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 be this advocate for Mexican cuisine. How much of that is the modernization of Mexican cuisine that is, I guess we haven't seen it as much here, right? Because you go mm-hmm. down to Mexico, and they have some of the you know, 50 best restaurants in the world now. Yeah. So how much of that modernization has found its way to Chicago, to Zuko, as opposed to the other way around where you're the one influencing kind of that, that change? Actually,
1: we are a group of chefs. I cannot say it's only in Mexico that it's happening. It happens outside of Mexico, too. Yeah. We are a group of chefs that we decide to take uh, our Mexican cuisine to the next level. And each of us, we try to do something different, you know. Approach food different ways, you know. Different techniques, different ingredients that we have in Mexico that we don't utilize before. You know, we had some these really fancy mushrooms like morel mushrooms. You go to Toluca and get morel mushrooms. And those are super special mushrooms they only in France they used to have. Right. But now you find yourself that you can get more own mushrooms in Toluca. How did it happen? They were there for many years. We just know what to do with them. Right, you know? right, right. And then uh, now we got the knowledge of many different things and how can we create our Mexican cuisine with the Mexican ingredients that we have.
0: For sure. Yeah. And, and, and as I'm hearing you say all this, I mean, it's... it's you're kind of living the, the dream of a chef right in so many ways that it's what when people think about chefs these days they think about the celebrity status of it you know the the instagram the the travel the shows of this or that you know how how do you look at where you're at now from when you first started and and, and still be able to remain so humble that i mean as much as you've been going through what you're going through these are big big changes for you from when you first started you know
1: society they Put you a level. Sometimes it's not you as people that are surrounding you. I mean, I was just in Mexico City this past weekend or the past week, and I decided just to get together with friends. And you make a phone call. Say, hey, I'll I'll have the day off uh, this day, How about we go just eat some tacos on the street, and then I we took the picture, and I posted. And when I was, you know, tagging everybody, I was like, how powerful the Cuisine it can be, you know, yeah. like a chef. So we had a couple professional soccer fl- players. We had some singers. They got, like, 2.5 million followers. You got other musicians. they all together, like, a million followers. And you got Michelin star chefs with you. So. We got this group of people, super famous people, just eating tacos in the street. Wow. And, and it's amazing, you know, that how everything changed. You know, like, before, you know, a chef, it was a chef. Right. Now right. you became a celebrity because, um, I don't know, that just get you, they, they just put you up there, you know, to be a celebrity.
0: Yeah, and, and now, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you look at your life and say, man, like. It's so different, right? from mm-hmm. from when you started, but even the idea of a chef has has your has your view of food changed even from that perspective of you know when when you were called to to do the show with top chef that you know you didn't want to leave Mexico and, and you're there seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Because that's their responsibility. Now it seems like you know you're you're, you're kind of have to be everywhere. I mean, that, you know, even for yeah. this interview, you said, "Hey, I'm traveling. One weekend, I'm going to Me- this part of Mexico, and then yeah. I'll be back for this few little bit of time, and then I'm flying out again." Yeah. And so, so there's a lot of that, right? H- yeah. h- how has food then now changed for you? Where before it was, you know, very rigorous, and now you're almost cooking less, but mm-hmm. bigger spotlight, right? Well, you learn some things. You know, you had to le- you had to.
1: Left legacy behind, and one of the things that you had to trust your people. You had to teach passion, Right. not just the recipes, but you had to teach passion to, to the people that are working for you, and because they're 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 gonna be the ones they're gonna be uh, key for you to be successful, and they need to understand that you know like if you do something and start cutting corners. It's not gonna be you. Right. It's gonna reflect on me because right. people are gonna say, "Well, I went to the restaurant of Suco, Chef Carlos Gaitani was not there. The food was bad." Right. You know, so they're not gonna talk about the person who made the ceviche. They're gonna talk about me. Right, right, right. Either if I'm not there, the food is amazing. They're gonna be still talking about me. You know. Right. So one thing that I want is just that leave uh, legacy behind. Uh, encourage people like, come on, I was just right there for many years and in the future I want you to to, to have your own restaurants. I can teach you how to get up there, but one of the things, if I'm going to teach you to get up there you have to do homework and I want you to get better than me
0: that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and they're lucky to have that because not everybody's like that, right? <laughs> I'm sure you've had your experience <laughs> in that, that not everyone's looking out for your best interest, right? Absolutely. But that's also wisdom on your part that shows that, you know, you understand the way the game is played and how, why that's important, right? Yeah, because if they want to get
1: better than me, I'm going to be the one that's a lot of benefit, you know, yep. because they're doing great thing, great food for the restaurant that I'm working on it or I'm working for. It. And obviously, you know, the food is going to be amazing. <laughs> and the food is amazing,
0: like I said. I can't speak highly <laughs> enough about it. Um, but as far as, you know, with all the success and all the travel and and, and the celebrity uh, status of things, um, what's next? What's next for Carlos Gaitan? What's the vision?
1: Well, it's a lot of things up there, you know. I'm really grateful, really appreciate, you know, with the Lord. Uh, we uh, Everything changed really quickly. So I can say this right now that I'm gonna be open hopefully soon in uh, Boston, it might change. You know, it's, it's just part of the business. Uh, one of the things that we're gonna sign a contract with Disneyland very soon. Congratulations. Yeah, so we're gonna be 20 years contract running all the Mexican restaurants. To me, it's, it's a blessing. It's, <laughs> it's a, a blessing. huge blessing. And, yeah. and
0: you're not just running the restaurants, but really, I mean, the way that Disney's I mean, it's a powerhouse, right? It's a powerhouse company, media brand. But you're really the, the ambassador for Latin cuisine more than just Mexican cuisine, right? Absolutely. And before that, it was Gloria Estefan. I yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean you're yeah. you're a pretty big company.
1: <laughs> I mean she's she's famous, you know, but I didn't know that she know how to cook. Right? But, uh.
0: Maybe maybe her singing's better than her cooking?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think really good as well. Yeah. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> so so what does that look like for Disney? What what in terms of uh is it is it the experience of managing when people go to a Disney, you know, a theme park or whatever that they go to a restaurant, or is it uh, you know video? Is it, is it is it media? How much of the balance of that between those two worlds?
1: Disney, what they try to do something very unique. They want to be authentic. Yeah, and how can they be authentic? They know that if they present something authentic, people gonna get loved with everything. So with the story behind all the chef that they have with the food the story and the food, you know, the ingredients, the, how you prepare for everything. And that's what they're looking for, you know. And for me, just to create the menus, and go over, be, you know, supervising everything, I think it's gonna be a key.
0: It's, uh, they're in great hands. I mean, they're in absolutely yeah. <laughs> great hands with you and, and your team, and we're just so excited and so you know, proud of everything you've done, the person you are, uh, you know, the way you handle life, <laughs> you know, not just its successes, but also its, it's hardships. Thank you. It's been nothing but an honor to be your friend, and I just, I can't thank you enough for uh, for being here and, and sharing you know, part of your story and the vision of what's to come. So thank, thank you. I'm you. <laughs> no, excited. And if you're out there and you're listening, and uh, you'd like to get a, get in contact with Carlos, please do so by f- filling out the form below. He'll get that email directly. But Carlos, you know, I just like I said, I appreciate you and your friendship and everything you've uh, you, you do for others. Honored to be uh, for a friend of yours. <laughs>